Hey guys, you can support the show on Patreon. And in fact, we just released a special patron-only bonus episode called Drunk Safari. I'll just leave it to your imagination what that means. So you'll have to check it out on patreon.com slash let's not panic. Enjoy the show. What is that? You just can't help it. You're such a little ham. <laughs> little ham sandwich. What's wrong with it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just let you uh, try to figure out what that means. <laughs> Welcome to the Let's Not Panic podcast. We're two practical people chronicling a pretty impractical trip from San Francisco to Patagonia and back again the super duper long way. We're trying not to panic. If you're just joining us, I'm Maggie. And I'm Adam. And we're a married couple who've quit our jobs, given up our lease, and hit the road in a Toyota 4Runner that's now our home. And I'm proud to report it has been quite the home over the last week, right, Maggie? Yeah, I mean, no surprises there. Shadow's a queen. Mm. Yeah, but we've gotten to put Shadow back to work in her full capacity. Yeah, yeah, it's been exciting. Uh, But last we podcasted, we were leaving the Dakotas, Mm -hmm. and we have a bit of follow-up, right? Yeah, so my brutal last week was um, a gently stated comment on how unfriendly people had been to us in the Dakotas. Very gently. Um. And then we got a bunch of emails and messages of people being like, oh, yeah, no, that's real. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from here uh, and you are not making that up. And that is a real thing. So we can interpret that as no need to be gentle. We can just say, fuck the Dakotas. No, no, that's not what I meant at all. (laughs) And I don't think that that's what they meant at all. Um, I guess I misread that situation. Yeah, no, it was more (laughs) just like my favorite email was from somebody who was like, please don't use my name. I still have to live here. (laughs) Um, So people were reaching out to us basically to be like, yeah, that that's real. And people in the Dakotas don't like outsiders. Yeah, which is an attitude that I feel saying fuck you two is an appropriate attitude. I'm just going to throw that out there. Don't need to be gentle. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, you moving live along. your way. When we podcasted last, we were mm-hmm. also headed to Winnipeg, right? Yeah. And we visited. My cousin, Uncle Jackie. Cousin, Uncle. Cousin, Uncle Jackie and Aunt, uh, Cousin Joni. And they were really nice. Yeah. They showed us around very, very well. They... Opened their house to us. They did on incredibly short notice. Yeah, <laughs> as, as we do. As we do. And um, what was really cool about it is I've grown up hearing so many stories about Winnipeg. It's where my grandfather grew up and my he, where he met my Nana and um, where my dad was born. And so I heard like a lot of stories about it and I had an idea of it, but had never, I hadn't been there since I was like four, so I have no recollection of it. Mm-hmm. It was um, just a vague sense of Winnipegness. Yeah, so Jackie took us around to like, this is the house your grandfather grew up in. This is the house where like he and your nana lived. This, this is, is the butcher shop. This is where the butcher shop was. This is where was. your great grandfather's butcher shop was. This mm-hmm. is your great grandparents' grave. This is your great great grandparents' grave. Like mm-hmm. it was incredible. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then after Winnipeg, we struck out for some camping. We went to Riding Mountain National Park, mm-hmm. which was nice. Yeah. Verdant forests. 
Yeah, that's where we saw the runover squirrel with the questionable forensics that yeah. I was like trying to detective my way through. There was like a Bermuda Triangle situation where of the squirrel, yeah, clearly got <laughs> splattered at one point, but then there was a, a a trail of entrails going one way and another way. And then the squirrel was in a completely different location. Which that one could just be someone came and flicked it out of the road with a stick. That makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. But then how did it get two separate entrails? No I should have taken a picture of the, it. It was like, really gross. It's just a little macabre to be like, oh, let me Instagram. I mean, well, I wouldn't Instagram it. I'm just like, for my own, <laughs> like, how did that happen? I'm just curious. I'm not even grossed out. I'm just curious. You should just make a separate Instagram called a Splatstagram of just roadkill. Not everything needs to be an Instagram account. Splatstagram. <laughs> uh, and then the next night, we tried to go camping in Prince Albert National Park. We tried real hard. Which <laughs> is to say we showed up. And then I lost my goddamn mind. Well, we we drove the route. So we were headed towards Edmonton because I've got cousins there. And that's we'll talk about that next. But the route there uh, goes through this town called Prince Albert. And then about an hour away from there is a nice national park. And it was definitely beautiful surroundings. Mm-hmm. Really, really beautiful, like, forest everywhere. Like, ponds right on the trees. Very wet. I think the, the thing is the ground is very wet there. Mm-hmm. And this time of year is bug, bug extravaganza, bugarama. <laughs> um, um, so it had rained on yeah, our way in, yeah. and apparently it's really bad right after it rains. It's really bad this time of year, and it's always bad in this area. So we pull up to where the lady was kind of like showing us into the national park. And there were so many bugs, and she was talking to us from behind a screen. And mm-hmm. Adam was like, are the bugs uh, bad? <laughs> Because he could see my face already. And she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, the bugs are real bad. There's a <laughs> yeah. they're, they're real bad right now. So we went and looked at a camp spot. And the only way I can think to describe it is if you looked straight forward and you took, like, any square foot of air in your view, you'd see, like, a million bugs yeah. in that square foot just swarming and disgusting and they all bite and they're all jerks yeah they're black flies we are familiar well, and with mosquitoes. those okay but the the swarming big swarm nature like as soon as you stop even if you stay in your car they start swarming around the car i think because of the heat yeah it, those are all black flies yeah and they just get around you um so we called an audible maggie was losing it and no. i was like <laughs> we did but it, adam was like we're just gonna camp here and i was like adam Look me in the eye and tell me that this isn't terrible. <laughs> well, it was terrible. But the thing I was thinking about was, hey, after we go to Edmonton, we're going to want to go to the Canadian Rockies. I've heard amazing things, mm-hmm. but it might also be just as crazy bug season there. Yeah. So the deal we made was, all right, we're not going to do tonight, but we if this this is our one strike. Like if we get to, you know, the Canadian Rockies, we've got to do it. We've got to camp these places. Yeah. So we'll we'll just have to power through. And well, then we also planned. Yeah, the while addition we were in I made to that was like, but let's invest in some more bug repellent yeah. stuff. Like not just for on our person, but for like ambiance like bug l- repellent. Like machines that put out smells. Um, yeah. Front of the show, Craig gave us a link for that. You on mean Amazon. our overlanding guru? Overlanding guru, Craig. That's right. Sent us a link on that. Um, but we weren't able to get exactly that model, but we were able to find it in Edmonton. Yeah. So anyway, we went back to Prince Albert. We had a dinner at the fanciest restaurant in town everyone knew each other i know that was i forgot about that till you just mentioned it it was so sweet it was, it was nice. called amy's on second someone would uh happen to mention we mentioned our trip somehow because they saw our plates in our car outside 
and we talked about our trip and it's like, oh, you know, I did this trip last summer. We went down to California. It was really cool. And then we met somebody right next to us at the table next to us. And they're like, oh, yeah, my son went on a road trip down to California with with your waiter. waiter. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, well. Yeah, it turns out the waiter's mother is the one who owns the restaurant because I was messaging with his son on Instagram because his son's like a travel music person mm-hmm. and seemed pretty neat. And he was like, you know, you got to follow my son on Instagram. All of this to say, everyone has been very nice in Canada. Oh my gosh. Everyone's so open and wanting to chat. And yeah. It's very I'm, nice. I'm so at home. Yeah. You can chat with everyone. I love it. Speaking of nice people. Your cousins. Yeah. So I have three cousins and actually four cousins because one of my cousins has a daughter. She's like a cousin niece though. I think it's just called a cousin still. Though. Niece cousin. You you don't, yeah. <laughs> there should be more hybrids. There's like, like first that. removed and I don't know what all those things mean. Yeah. But anyway, my aunt Rosie and my three cousins and my niece cousin all live in Edmonton. We mm-hmm. were able to hang out with them and they were so nice. Yeah. It was so good to see them because we were relatively close, even though we live so far apart. We made, you know, an effort to go do long trips to see each other while we were young, but it's been a while and I hadn't even met my niece cousin. Yeah. So it was really good to catch up with everyone. Yep. And uh, and Adam put a limit on how many books I was allowed to buy for his niece cousin. Yeah, she went a little crazy. And we I would to... like to point out that he made me cut a Newberry Award winner. I didn't make you cheat. <laughs> I just said two. Let's not go overboard. Two anyway. books. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was really great to see everyone. Yeah. Um, and then out of Edmonton, where did we go, Maggie? We headed into the Canadian Rockies. Yeah. The first place was Jasper. So we're going to go north to south. Mm-hmm. We have gone north to south mm-hmm. through the Canadian Rockies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And what did we do? We found we first tried to go to an official campground, but this was Friday night in the middle of summer. On the year of the 150th anniversary. Yeah, so the all the national parks are free. Yeah. So it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Everything is swamped. Um, we showed up and they're like, yeah, there's no cancellations. There's nothing in any of the other campgrounds I can see on the computer. And so we turned to trusty iOverlander, mm-hmm. and we found a spot that was marked uh, as a wild camp inside yeah. the national park boundaries. I don't know how to feel because I feel like we're kind of, uh, I don't want to encourage people to do yeah, bad style that. overlanding, but sometimes well, it's necessary. <laughs> it's, it's not allowed. It's, not, it's against the rules. And we knew that going in. You were more aware than I, I was. <laughs> I was more aware. I was kind of in denial. The like, thi- but there's so many people here. The thing was that we were likely just to get a warning and have to move along. Um, but we found this amazing spot next to Lake Edith, mm-hmm. um, right on the water, basically a little beach. Um, we had it all to ourselves, except for people would come in and out throughout yeah. the day. There's other places along the beach to launch kayaks. Mm-hmm. But it was a really beautiful spot, not too buggy. and we didn't It really was have- pretty buggy compared to prince albert we were you know all that anxiety i guess uh, everything's less buggy than prince albert was yeah and we did find that that electric mosquito repeller thing kind of looks like a, a handheld i don't know i don't know tricorder like a big tricorder from star trek what's a tricorder it, oh, hold on i think we need to just this this is gonna we have to address this you don't know what a tricorder is you i thought you watched star trek when i was like 10 i didn't take the, notes the little it's like their little PDA devices, basically. Their little touchscreen handheld things that they would carry around. That was called a tricorder? Yeah. I think uh, you're making that up. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess All right. I, I guess this marriage is over. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm but saying. The other reason it's over is because you were wrong. We weren't there by ourselves. There was another overlanding couple. Well, okay. You're right. 
Uh, I misdescribed. Is that who a word? Also found, misdescribed? <laughs> who also found the spot on Io Verlander, and they're from Switzerland and Germany. Mm-hmm. They'd shipped their car to Alaska from Germany, and they are driving over the next two years from Alaska to Patagonia, like okay. stone-cold badasses. And their rig is ready so for everything. Yeah, they, it put ours to shame. Yeah. They, <laughs> but also, I would say... A little overprepared, if anything. Like, we know what you need for South America. You don't mm-hmm. need all that. You, it, they're ready for anything that you throw at it, but if you can do it with a lot less. At 16,000 feet, they'll be out in like five seconds. Yeah. They wouldn't have been no, there Well, they would have just pressed the rear differential and, and backed up. That's true. They, they would have gotten out, no yeah. problem. Um, but yeah, no, it's a Land Cruiser, an LC75, I think. It's all enclosed in one body, but they put mm-hmm. a pop top on it. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of stuff strapped to the roof. They can sleep inside or up top. Yeah, mud terrain tires. They had the whole stuff. They didn't Zebra have a winch, stripes. though. They still, like, I brought up a winch. We talked about recovery stuff, and he's like, yeah, winch, no. They, for It's so heavy, and you probably will never use it. And I was kind of thinking, like, yeah, also with the, the same with all the huge traction pads they had, but... Yeah. They're going to be, they'll be fine. And you got a picture of their rig, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I posted it on our Instagram already. Um, it's the second picture in a photo gallery of like the last few days of us oh, camping. Oh, cool. Um, you can follow them on Instagram as well. Their pictures are already amazing. And we'll put a link to them in our show notes as well. Yep. But if you look on our Instagram, they're tagged. So yeah. that's probably the easiest way. Cool. And the other nice thing about that spot was that it was like a swimming lake right there. Yeah. And the next day, a bunch of elk wandered out into the lake. That and we're cool. there for hours, and it was really cool, although we did get a warning that elk are, like, crazy aggressive and that we should be more worried about elk than we should be about bears. Yeah, that the elk are a lot more unpredictable. And They're will just charge out of the, out of the blue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're basically like, the elk are jerks. The bears will come, like, anytime you hear a story about a bear attacking, you're like, well, yeah, they yeah. left their food out or, like, something obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, or, like, they were coming at the bear. With elk, they're like, people were just standing there, and then they got charged. Yeah. (laughs) But it was really cool to have a lake there to bathe in. I wasn't too worried about the elk, and it is the perfect temperature where you have to, like, put a little effort and willpower into getting in the water, but once you're in the water, it's delicious and comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we went from there to another wild camping spot overlooking a river. Yep. Which was beautiful. I'd say, like, our best wild camping spot since we left South America. Yeah, that was amazing. Best camp spot, it period. Was, you know, back in the groove, I'd say, for Shadow. Like, yeah. we just find this place where there's no one else, except mm-hmm. for someone did show up a little bit away towards the end of the night. Yeah, but you just had to not Barely look even. in their direction, and we couldn't hear them. Yeah, they couldn't hear us. We couldn't hear them. It was yeah. good. Um, and then we had a problem. <laughs> so it was a beautiful spot. And we saw some rain clouds, and Adam was like, the barometric pressure hasn't changed yet. So it's <laughs> I said like it in the next five minutes. We're not going to get any rain. And I'm then really it good at started. telling when it's going to rain <laughs> in the next five minutes. I can, I can be like, five-minute warning. It's yeah. going to rain. Okay, so then seven minutes later, it started <laughs> raining, and these huge gusts of wind started coming through. The like, thing, yeah, bonkers, the, powerful wind. The rain was nothing. I didn't even really notice it, because it's it just sprinkles and... and plops out for a little bit and doesn't really do anything get in terms of getting you soaked. Yeah. But the wind was so strong that, okay, I set up the awning. I set up the room and I knew like, oh, we might want a little shelter from the occasional rain. We might, might want a little shelter from the occasional wind. Let's put this up. And you know what I'm going to do, Maggie? I'm going to stake down all the, the little loops on the bottom of the room. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put up guy lines on mm-hmm. both corners of the mm-hmm. awning. I'm going to mm-hmm. stake down the awning. I'm going to put rocks on it. Yeah, we'll it be was real ready. safe. And yeah. we have used this awning in extreme wind, 
like mm-hmm. on the salt flats. The salt flats is probably the most notable where we're like, are we going to lose the awning? Yeah, where we got scared eventually and brought it down for the night because we didn't know the wind was actually going to die down at night. So it yeah. w- we didn't need to do that. But we could see that the bars were bowing in the wind, but it mm-hmm. held up just fine. Yeah. Um, there was no wind really detectable. It would just come in little gusts here. And I think that's the real problem when it's a really gusty type of wind that can come out of nowhere. But it was like gale force gusts. It, so it got so windy that I was like, oh, we don't have anything in the tent yet. Maggie, stand in the tent here thinking like, okay, yeah. just have a little Which is thing one of on the, the things floor. that we do pretty regularly when we realize there's wind to just kind of keep it down. Is like your body weight works great. Yeah. But this time the metal... Uh, legs just buckled yeah they didn't just bow they buckled and i could tell it had happened because it buckled and then blew right into me and hit me really hard on the arm (laughs) so in two different places the metal bars on our arb awning just broke like the legs that hold the thing up broken half like bent completely and broke one bent completely two broken half Mm -hmm. whole thing is just like flying around in the wind uh the little tent is kind of getting shredded on the metal parts where it contacts it was all just like a clusterfuck and I had to run out and hold on to the the outer part of the tent and the awning and try to keep it in place while yeah. Maggie grabbed a knife from the car to cut the guy lines and yeah. try to disentangle ourselves from this and it yeah. was just a And then shit there was show. like a period as we're trying to unzip the the room so that we could fold up the awning. Um so I'm holding everything still and Adam's trying to like deconstruct everything together. Yeah. I just it was like a three stooges thing. Yeah, like it, it was, I think, our funniest calamity. Like even while it was happening, yeah, we, we were, were in laughing. Yeah, we were pretty good spirits. It was, it was only, it lasted only like five or ten minutes of like but really it was like intense a joke. But we were just like, this is ridiculous. Like, I, I guess at that point, I wasn't stressed because I knew the tent was already destroyed, or yeah. I knew that the awning was already there destroyed. There was nothing to save. Yeah, so it was like, well, <laughs> just like, well cut the ropes. <laughs> like, this is great. Let's just not have it rip off in the wind and scratch the car at least. Yeah. Like, and then <laughs> it ends. After, like, it's completely destroyed our campsite. Like, our chairs have been dragged through the dust and everything's a mess. And then everything dies at once. Mm -hmm. And the sky is, like, bright blue and beautiful. And Adam looks up at the sky and just goes, well, fuck you! (laughs) Which was my favorite part (laughs) of this whole disaster. It's just like, oh, great. Everything's just back to normal except for all of our equipment has been destroyed. (laughs) Thanks. It was like five minutes. Yeah. It was like a personal insult. Yeah. To you from yeah. the wind. I don't know how to feel. Like if the ARB equipment let us down or if that was just such an extreme amount of wind that it, there's nothing that could have been done. We should have known better. I don't think this equipment's meant to be used as often as we use it, I think, <sighs> is part of it. it. And yeah. so we've been putting like a good amount of wear and tear on it. And I bet if you lived a normal life where you weren't doing this, you know, half of the days in a year. Yeah. You'd never have something like this happen. Exactly. That's my suspicion because we'd already had a few windy incidents where we were like, ooh, cutting it kind of close with this awning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so that site was a wild site that we found on iOverlander and it Mm -hmm. was great. Um, It's like 15 minutes outside of the park. So we were actually breaking no rules there. It was public land. Um, So really cool spot. spot. Um, And then after that, we headed back into the park and Mm -hmm. headed down the Icefields Highway. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is beautiful. Yeah. The only thing is it's there's a lot of forest fires going on to the west and we are downwind from those. So yeah. everything you'll go through different areas and it's like would be an amazing view, except for a lot of the times yeah, the mountains are obscured. In. But on the other hand, sometimes you get a really beautiful view. 
because the smoke is a different color and it causes this really interesting light effect to happen. Yeah, actually, if you go to my Instagram, not mm-hmm. the Let's Not Panic one, I got this really cool picture of like the healthy clouds facing off with the storm clouds. And it was, it's like really cool looking. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so headed back after that, we mm-hmm. went to another official campground, mm-hmm. right? We had a few plans uh, about where to camp and a lot of but, them didn't pan out yeah, because of, of the, the smoke. smoke. Um, so, we yeah. Headed, where, what was that place called? Two Jacks Campsite. Um, it yeah. was nice. No, it's it was good. fine. Yeah. It it's, was a little... It's always hard going from wild camping in, like, ideal circumstances to camping, like, right on top of a million people, including yeah. that group from Philadelphia with the one man with the loudest no- voice in the world. He was loud. Yeah. So, Adam, should we get into Adam's technical corner? Sure. And actually, it's just follow-up also from last week. We did acquire a new fuel pump in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And we also decided to just have the Toyota dealership replace it. And I know we paid a little bit much, but uh, there were really no options. We tried to call a lot of different mechanics and everyone could not get us in that day. And we were only there for one full day. So I went ahead and bit the bullet and had them replace the fuel pump. I also ordered a new fuel filter um, and had the fuel filter swapped out. And the fuel filter, the reason to do that is that we were in Bolivia, where I know the gas quality is pretty low. I'm sure it's not great in parts of Peru and, and Colombia also. Mm-hmm. And so the fuel filter is where the fuel coming from the tank gets cleaned up a little bit. And mm-hmm. that fuel filter is actually supposed to be, quote unquote, a lifetime part. Um but it's really not. If you read around on forums, you can get improved gas mileage just swapping that out after about 100,000 miles of your forerunner's life. So I had already done that when we first got the forerunner, but after having been in South America for 11 months, I thought, you know, with all the other stuff that's going on with the tank and the dirty gas and having to siphon so, t- so many times, I'm sure we got some dust in there. Mm-hmm. It was just a good call to replace that again. And so... This fuel pump thing was like, I'm pretty sure this is the cause. Yeah. And just to review, the fuel pump's at the back of the car. What it does is it takes fuel out of the tank and pushes it to the front of the car so that it can go into the fuel injectors, which are responsible for basically spurting gas in a vapor form into the cylinders where that little explosion happens. Yeah. The little explosion is what the internal combustion engine is, and that's what drives the car. Um, But... What we were seeing is really, really poor gas mileage as the tank got down to its last quarter of gasoline in the tank. And that was one sign that maybe the fuel pump's struggling. And the other symptom, of course, was when we got down to the fuel light coming on, the engine actually died spontaneously on us out of nowhere. Remember that, Maggie? How could I forget? (laughs) Um, So the very first test and the first moment of truth was that we got down to that same level and below and drove about 40 miles on the gas light and nothing bad happened. It was mm-hmm. running really stable. Mm-hmm. That was good. And then when I checked the gas mileage, we are up like three and a half miles per gallon. Which well, is pretty cool. It's huge because we're a, when you're a low mileage uh, vehicle, low gas mileage vehicle, miles per gallon is a little misleading. The difference between 15 miles per gallon and 19 miles per gallon is actually pretty huge. So we're, we're yeah. getting a lot more distance out of our tank. I would say this is the only change you've ever made to the car where I could feel a difference immediately upon driving. Yeah. Shadow just accelerates a lot smoother and less like uh, effortfully mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. which is nice. And we've been on pretty similar gas mileage ever since getting Shadow. And so really, this is probably something that's been wrong with Shadow 
since before we left on the trip and we've yeah. been just struggling with it. Um, and it's probably caused a little bit of damage down the line, um, yeah. from the, from the fuel pump, the gas goes into what's called the charcoal canister and that thing might be damaged too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, everything has really improved with shadows, general bill of health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maggie, mm-hmm. what is in your self care pillow fort for this week? Excess mosquito prevention. Mm-hmm. So we bought mosquito coils and we bought this electric thing that creates like a bug-free ambiance of about four meters, is it supposed to be? Yeah. And it doesn't seem like it really does anything It's more it's like on. three feet. Three feet. I but would it say of three <laughs> feet of bug-free air, which is Actually, worth its weight in gold. <laughs> yeah. Because then you can just put it up next to your camp chair and mm-hmm. sit out and not really be worried about just the general atmosphere. You're in, in your ankles. Yeah. Specifically. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's like great ankle protection. So they actually work is my review of it. They're not as good as advertised, I'd say. No. 4.5 meters is a lot. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. They're like the size of an average deck. And I was like, absolutely not. Yeah. You could you could feel the like exact, <laughs> it was like a force field. Yeah. And you could feel where it ended and it's not as tall as a person. That's true. So. But it is much bigger improvement than not having it at all. Oh, absolutely. I think having a bug-free zone of any area is is mm-hmm. a blessing. Mm-hmm. So that's my self-care pillow fort. Those were worth the money we spent on them. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very concise self-care pillow fort, Maggie. Con- being concise is... Uh, Something I'm told <laughs> to do very often. <laughs> Should we get into your 30-second meat counter? Sure. Speaking of being concise. Okay. You I have 30 seconds starting now. Okay. So Maggie has given me an initiative of eating less red meat. I don't know what she's thinking. I think she might... This isn't Adam's rant corner. It's Adam's (laughs) me corner. (laughs) It's it's pretty offensive. Pretty offensive to me. But I went ahead and said, all right, let's give it a shot. And so one of the things I've been getting is my favorite piece of chicken, which I actually consider a fruit. Um, I I think a lot of people You're already over 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) So chicken's a fruit, but Maggie thinks it's meat. Um, And so what I do is I buy chicken thighs. And usually with our camp setup, we don't have an oven to roast these chicken thighs in. I have a new thought technology that I learned from Peru, which is basically hacking up these chicken thighs into little flat pancakes. Mm -hmm. And we don't have a really sharp knife. She had like a butcher's knife. We talked about this before. But anyway, I can use a little serrated steak knife to kind of cut around the bone and make it real flat. Mm -hmm. And then it cooks really well in a cast iron pan. Last night we made butter chicken with cauliflower rice and it was a delicious paleo dinner. Yeah. So that's my thought technology, my meat counter thought technology for the week. Pretty good. Should we get into the three Bs? I would love to. The three Bs, as always, stand for beautiful, brutal, and bizarre. Mm -hmm. Adam, what's your choice this week for beautiful? Uh, In particular, I really love the forest outside of Prince Albert National Park and Mm -hmm. inside, right, as you're driving through. We drove in, technically. Well, we drove in, and we drove all the way up into the center of it. But um, my thing is Buddy Baggins is back in action. Right, your drone. I can't fly, and I'm respecting these rules very much because I, I, the main thing with flying in a national park is you're going to disturb everyone around you. Yeah. And that's the part that's really fucked up, I think. Yeah. Um, so I'm, being, I'm adhering to those rules as much as I can now. I'm being very strict with myself. Mm-hmm. But outside of the national park, there was no, no fly zone. It was mm-hmm. no, there was like not a helipad around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was able to launch and kind of fly straight over these forests and look straight down into them. And it's really interesting to see all say, the puddles and islands and trees and all that. It's my favorite drone video you've ever made. Oh, uh, well, you're, that's an exaggeration. I don't like, you know how I feel about Buddy Baggins. He's the thorn in my side. But you, 
Ever yeah. since we've been back with Buddy Baggins, you've been trying to encourage me to fly Buddy more. Because if he's going to be in my space, <laughs> he might as well be useful. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he has been useful. The repair was successful. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything seems to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. There's actually, actually... Yeah, you can see that video yeah, on our Instagram. Yeah. You posted it last I sure week. Did. I sure did. Yeah. So it's our can, last video. You can see what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Maggie, your pick mm-hmm. for beautiful? Mine's going to sound a little macabre. But mm-hmm. it was the graveyard we visited in Winnipeg, where um, so much of my family is. Being taken there by Jackie, who is kind of in between my grandfather and my dad in ages. Yeah. Like, so he, he he's a cousin, but he's like a cousin brother to both my dad and my grandfather. Which right. is like kind of a neat, he's like the middle step between. Mm-hmm. And having him take us there and tell us the stories of who we were seeing was great. Um, especially like you know, my great grandparents, but his parents as well. His father, Charlie, I'd grown up hearing so many stories about because him and my grandfather were really, really close. Um, And walking through this graveyard where there's all these Rusins, which is the part of the family that Jackie is from and my great grandmother is from, is um, the part of my family that my dad and my mom say I kind of take after the most. Mm -hmm. And so it was really, I wasn't expecting to be as like moved by it as I was. But yeah. walking around where all, all the headstones said Rusin or Halperin, which was our original last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandfather changed it. Um, it was beautiful. And even uh, the Finkels, which are not part of my family, uh, <laughs> but a punchline to a joke my grandfather used to tell. The Finkelman. The Finkelmans. Yeah, yeah. Finkelmans. Um, so the joke is in Winnipeg, you know, there used to be like 20,000 Jews. But uh, now there's less. But back then, obviously, anti-Semitism was like a real thing. And so the joke is this Jewish kid is getting chased by a bunch of anti-Semites. And they're like, get out of town, you Jew. And they catch him finally. And he's like, it's not me. It's the Finkelmans. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then lo and behold, there are all the Finkelmans. Uh They were a real family in Winnipeg. So it was great. (laughs) It was Mm -hmm. a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. Adam, what's your choice this week for Brutal? Um. I'll be careful here, lest this turn into another technical corner. Mm -hmm. But we do have another equipment problem happening. The ARB 47-liter fridge that we have permanently mounted in the back left seat is failing. Um, And I was able to actually call ARB and talk to the guy in the support department who is the specialist on the fridges, and he really knew everything about it. And he was able to help me troubleshoot and just explain how the whole thing works. And the conclusion is there's like three things that can go wrong. Two of them are like the LCD screen can fail. The thing that checks the temperature based on a resistor can fail or just the cooling is getting really weak. Um, The first two I mentioned can be replaced in fields. They can just send us a replacement part, which would be a very easy fix for us. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I think we're in the third case, which is that the fridge is just not good at being cold anymore. Yeah. So we had to load That's the fridge. That's its whole job. Yeah, I know. It's a prime directive. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we load the fridge up with ice to get it back down to temperature, but it is running full blast all the time just to stay cold, and that means that it's draining our battery. If it's on, it's draining our battery like crazy. Um, and so with that, we kind of have to hook up the solar panel every time we park, and hopefully it's sunny. And at night, I need to make sure to turn the fridge off and turn it back on in the morning. And it fluctuates then between 34 degrees, which is able to achieve, and uh, 43 degrees, 
or 45 degrees in the morning, um, which is okay for food. It's not great, but it's, it's at least keeping my insulin safe and keeping our food relatively safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little stressful um, trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, I'm emailing with them right now. Hopefully they get back to me. Uh, we might be able to actually stop by ARB in Washington State oh. and just get it fixed in person. That's That'd my hope. Neat. That would be kind of yeah. cool. So more to come on that. Cool. Maggie, your mm-hmm. pick for Brutal? Um, so the, we've kind of talked about it, but the smoke right now in the Canadian Rockies is yeah. really intense. And apparently these are like some of the worst wildfires Canada has seen. Yeah. The, like a lot of the Canadians we've been talking to have been saying it's just really, really, really bad. And a lot of people have been evacuated over this. And so I, the Brutal is people having to be evacuated and the amount of smoke that's in the area means like everyone who's here is kind of battling a low-grade headache all the time yeah it's pretty intense yeah uh, whenever something like this happens i think people find a reason to point their fingers at mismanagement of the government mm-hmm. but really they have the same problem we have in california which totally. is bark beetles um, yeah. these things come through forests and turn trees into dead trees and invasive non-natives yeah uh, plants as well and so then you just have a tree that's basically a pyre ready to be lit yeah and then winds and dry air happen in the summer and it's just it's it's a bad situation so hopefully they can get it under control pretty soon yep adam Mm -hmm. lastly do you have a choice for bizarre yeah we mentioned that in edmonton one of the main attractions is the west edmonton mall and this is the largest indoor mall in the world Indoor, there's a distinction because I think... So it's even worse. I think Milwaukee. I'm, I'm going to get some email for this, I think. Like but the Great American whatever. The Great America Mall. Great yeah. America Mall. I don't know. Oh, there, there's a bigger outdoor mall in the U.S. and I think it's in Milwaukee, but I may be way off. Um, kind of who cares. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big mall. <laughs> it's so a giant fucking mall. One of the things that they have in this mall is, unfortunately, strangely enough, sea lions Yeah. in a in a sea lion in display. a tiny area yeah and you look at it and you're like is that their whole tank like I, is there like be. a back room do they go backstage somewhere like i don't know how they do because they're in the uh, middle of the mall yeah. and there's shops on either side it's like a two-story mall too so you can look down on them and they have no privacy and there's humans and cinnabons happening left and right not a good spot for sea lions. And of no. course they do a show. Of course they do. Every hour or three hours or whatever it is. But still, it's bizarre, but it's mostly kind of just like Sad. a... Sad. Yeah. Poor sea lions. Giant apex animals like that don't belong in malls. And if they are in malls, you'd hope that they have like a huge ample tank to get away from humans <sighs> staring at them and screaming at them and putting their faces on the glass. Yeah. And that stuff. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Maggie, your pick for Bizarre? Mine's kind of embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been accidentally picking up the Canadian accent really hard. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, especially when talking to Canadian people. I don't have this at all. Like, I've gone to England, and I don't pick up the British accent, no, yeah. which is, like, the most annoying thing in the world when people come back from being abroad for, like, a week. And they're like, oh, righty-o, chap. And you're like, oh, fuck off. You've been gone for, like, a month. <laughs> <laughs> um but I've been picking up the Canadian accent and I'm low-key pretty embarrassed on how fast it's happened. I, it happens with me too, but I embrace it because... At we, least we have heritage here. Yeah, we have Canadian family here. I hung out with them here in Edmonton and like, you know, like it's... 
you're easy. My mom has a little bit of that. My dad too. So it's easy to revert to it because there's it's like right on the edge already. It's already very familiar. Yeah. So there is that. But I did catch myself talking to that lady in the lake and being like, "Oh my god, you sound like you're doing an impression of her." But they, if you, if they don't think you're doing an impression, then you're passing, and I you're doing, so. you're doing. A they good know job. her from California. Yeah, but they don't know the difference in uh, the accent to expect. They, if so, what are you, you just, They have TVs. I think there's there's a <laughs> psychological thing, and people like people that are like them, and mm-hmm. so they, it's like a subconscious thing. They'll like you more if you sound like them, and you do it. To, it's just like a second nature thing, I think. Anyway, that's my bizarre is accidentally picking up the Canadian accent. Mm-hmm. I've been working really hard in this episode not to do it. Yeah. It well, also is just kind of fun to talk that way. It anyway. is. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so you can support our show by going to patreon.com slash let's not panic. We love all the support we get there. Mm-hmm. And we actually have an announcement on the Patreon front. We set up some goals initially Mm -hmm. that were related to putting up videos. And we do have a video coming out very soon. Mm -hmm. But we are liking to restructure the goals and the requirements. So we haven't reached... I say just fuck goals. We're going to make bonus content and you can have it on our Patreon. So fuck goals, but not fuck videos is what I would say. Yeah, exactly. Um, But we're going to keep working on videos. Mm -hmm. We're going to also just make more bonus episodes because that's what we want to do. We haven't reached that goal. We just set the goals wrong. And so we're going to change it and we're going to come out with a brand new bonus episode tonight. Well, we're going to record it tonight. Yeah. And it's going to come out tomorrow. It's called Drunk Safari. Uh It's got its own special format in which Maggie and I each introduce an animal. Mm -hmm. And we had gotten the request to do a podcast of fun animal facts and that's exactly what the fuck we're going to give you. Yeah. So it's just going to be Real, real fun mm-hmm. animal facts. That's right. That's the plan. Yeah. And it's called Drunk Safari. So <laughs> you'll have to check that out and you'll have to become a patron to hear it. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But check it out on patreon.com slash let's not panic. Mm-hmm. Looking forward, we're headed to Calgary, Montana and Washington. Yeah. And Calgary seems like a cool city. We'll see what it's like. We're headed there right after this episode. We're mm-hmm. recording in shadow again, looking out on a beautiful lake. Mm-hmm. We didn't mention that. Uh, but you might have heard a little bit of tourism happening in the background <laughs> while we've been talking. And then Montana and yeah. Yellowstone National mm-hmm. Park, which mm-hmm. I've been to. Maggie, you have never been to, right? I don't think so. We went to Montana when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we went to Yellowstone. I don't I, think we did. I went to Yellowstone, but I did not know that it was such a deadly and dangerous place. Apparently it so is... So now you like it better? I like it a lot more. It is just the... It has the potential to destroy the world at any time. That's how strong of a volcano it is, just waiting to burst. All right, settle so down. So we'll be right on top of all that power. Okay. You can see <laughs> pictures and videos from our trip, including the drone video that Adam took outside of Prince Albert National Park. And including a video in the midst of us giggling... Yeah. During gale-forced winds of trying to keep our car from True. being ripped apart True. by, by uh, the awning. All those things. On Instagram, our handle is at Let's Not Panic. Mm-hmm. So check that out. And you can also subscribe to us and review us on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Would you say that they could also rate us, Maggie? No. Separate from reviewing? I wouldn't because mm. they're synonyms. Well, maybe you're wrong. <laughs> We do love it when you guys do that, though. It's so true. It warms our cold, please. cold, cold, cold little hearts. Yes, indeed. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. This is what it sounds like where we are.